This is Alan with Two Narm in Baltimore. A gooner and a toffee walk into a bar. Decided to do a shit football podcast. You're listening to the DU Football Show. Yeah, but at least this toffee's on the top half of the table, unlike you there, killer. Uh, at least uh, the Arsenal didn't lose 5-2 to this week. Hey, hold on. Wait, I don't have to do Malort. Do you have to do Malort? I do not. Mel, do you have to do Malort? Nope. Oh, my God. Alan should be. It might be the first No Malort show. With that, let's start the show. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right, day, day, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smoke of a Lord. Look great in shorts. Sam Graham. Sam Graham. Fucking United! Fucking United! Hello and welcome to the Drunk of the United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League as told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the Zoom from me for this lovely midweek edition is my co-host, Samuel Graham. Sammy, how you doing, brother? Hello, hello, hello. Uh, Doing pretty well, thank you, sir. How are you? I I like how your game has now been stepped up. Alan threw down the gauntlet. He uses a microphone. You somehow now... Have a microphone that you are actually speaking into. I'm quite proud of you. I have the microphone that I finally figured out how to work uh, of my late father-in-law. So it's uh, actually pretty fucking cool, too. And, and Especially mm-hmm. uh, with that little nugget on the back of Newcastle's 5-2 defeat. Uh, makes it even more sweet uh, to upshow Alan, um, of course. Anyway. We're learning and growing, my friend. We're learning and growing. We're recording at Studio H just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and tell a footballing friend. Should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Mr. Graham, tell the good people how they can get in touch. I can't look at the sign, so I don't remember the... I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> at DU Football Show on all the social medias and DU Football Show at gmail.com to get in touch via email. And like I said, and I've uh, many times before, we love chatting. So make sure you slide into the DMs uh, and find us uh, our closed group where we talk all the banter. It's Drunkard United FC uh, on Facebook. Very cool. And also very importantly, I just want to mention, we have gotten a uh, pretty nice little contingent of uh Australians that are listening to the uh, pod on a regular basis. Um, I'd like to thank uh, our, our boy, Timmy, the Everton supporter that uh, I personally challenged and told him to go on a walkabout and get people to actually, you know, come listen to our show. Well, motherfucker did it. So I <laughs> want to hear from all of you, all you in Australia, please send us an email. We would love to hear from you. I believe Tim told me that there's even one guy who said, they drive me nuts. I don't want to listen to a fucking thing they have to say, but then they talk about whiskey, so I listen to them every week. I definitely want to hear from your ass. Oh, that's exactly yeah. the guy I want to hear from. So, oh, yes, definitely. Please email us. Definitely. I I, I want to know what kind of shrimp you have on the barbie. And now don't go chasing them all away, jackass. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. 
So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Since we're across the Zooms, each of us have something different. Mr. Graham, what are you drinking tonight, my friend? Absolutely. I have the Redemption High Rye Bourbon Single Barrel Select that one of my accounts bought for me. It is the um, 60% corn, 36% rye, and 4% barley. Uh, aged for four years, the single barrel in new white American oak. Uh, 52.5%, 105 proof. Um, and College Square was the uh, account that bought that from me. So I, of course, wanted to support back, bought a bottle, and it is bloody fantastic. Nice bourbon sweetness up front, uh, and you get the nice vanilla caramel over the tongue, and then it finishes with that nice rye pepper because of the high rye uh, content in here. Lovely. Very good. Well, and it's interesting you should mention College Square because they actually bought a single barrel of the whiskey I'm drinking tonight. Not this particular whiskey, but... Um, Ragged Branch Distilling out of Charlottesville, Virginia. This we have drank on the show before. Um, <clears throat> this is their signature bourbon, which is a rye mash bill. So it's um, uh, corn, rye, and malted barley. The interesting thing with them is it's this high malted barley content that's not very common. Most people, like Sam said, is like 4%, 15% malted barley in this whiskey. And the other interesting thing that Ragged Branch does is they make both a rye mash bill and a weeded mash bill under the same roof. That's not very common. Normally you have Makers or you have Woodford. You don't have someone who makes Makers and Woodford under the same roof typically. Well, it's really hard to tell the two grains apart when they're in their raw state. So, mm -hmm. so, so very, let's just stop it. Uh, the other, the other uh, thing worth mentioning, I'm finally willing to uh, come out and admit it. Uh, yours truly is actually working for the Ragged Branch Distilling, uh, a distillery. I'm, I'm handling the what? brand for the Mid-Atlantic region. So, I'm so surprised to hear this. Uh, it's, uh, for, for me, for me, it was something I wanted to do. Um, it, when things weren't going to work out with Whistlepig because of COVID, I wanted to continue working on a brand that was, uh, my friend Dave Pickerel's. And, uh, this was a brand that he created and started. And frankly, it's the... Last weeded whiskey, weeded bourbon that uh, Dave made since Maker's Mark. So I'm very excited to uh, to talk about it, and there'll be we'll do more of the brand here and there throughout throughout the shows. Um, I will let you know it's a very limited market, so it's basically the Mid Atlantic, and it's down south in like Florida and uh, Alabama and stuff like that. If you are in a state that allows you to do mailing in of booze, you can get it through a retailer in the Washington DC area because they are legally allowed to mail, but your state needs to legally allow it to be mailed to you. So if that's the case, reach out to me directly and I'll tell you how you can get your hands on a bottle. So uh, this will typically oh, run you. Guys. This will typically I'm run sorry. you. Oh no, problem. It's typically run you between thirty six ninety nine and forty two ninety nine on the shelf, and this is a ninety proof whiskey, and it is quite lovely. And I'm excited as hell to be working for him. You really are. Uh, this I'm one cost me forty seven dollars. Sorry. <clears throat> Excellent. So, uh, with that being said, uh, let's have a great show. Yeah, drink responsibly, everybody, and congratulate Sam on no longer draining the state of Maryland of their unemployment funds. Yes. <laughs> I am no longer a freeloading son of a bitch. Finally, my man's employed. Yep, took me fucking <laughs> Keep me back in the enough. lifestyle to which I've become accustomed. Yeah. Maybe he could get a new TV for outside. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, you know, at least I'm getting a paycheck so I can afford one now. That's for damn sure. <laughs> All right. In round one, Liverpool comes out on top of the match and on top of the table. Liverpool two, Spurs one. Uh, before the match even started, it started in the pressers as Jose Mourinho decides to cover the pre-match injury report for Liverpool Football Club. The problem is Jose coaches Tottenham. <laughs> It was absolutely fantastic. So uh, Jurgen Klopp, obviously, we've talked about a few times, has uh, complained about his injury list and, and this, that, the other. And at any one moment, sure, he may have two or three pieces out. Um, but overall, his injury list really isn't that bad. Um, he just doesn't have a ton of depth uh, at the moment, which is, you know, okay, so what? Um, Arsenal's fully fit, doesn't have a ton of depth. What do you want? You have no sympathy for me, my friend. Yeah, uh, I got a bunch <laughs> of fucking guys hurt. <laughs> Like, yeah. So, but Jose said, I don't know what, what Klopp's talking about. Let's talk about it. It is, it is, uh, Trent Alexander Arnold. He is fit. <laughs> um, Sadio Mane, Andy Robertson. He is, he is, he is fit. fit. Henderson. He is fit. Uh, Fabinho. He is fit. Matik, he is fit. He is I think fit. he will play <laughs> Salah. He is fit. Firmino. He is fit. Uh, uh, Mane. He is fit. Van Dyke. He's hurt, and he's a very good player, but... That will hurt them. When we started this show, we were at the bad part of Jose Mourinho. What nobody has gotten to experience on this show, this is the great part of Mourinho. When Mourinho is on fire like this and just starts fucking trolling people, he's fucking brilliant. And what we need to remember uh, is we need to remind fantastic. ourselves... This time next year, Sam, because this time next year, it's all going to shit. We need to remind ourselves of the good times. We need to remind ourselves of the pre-match injury report for Liverpool Football Club as well, given by you, Jose Mourinho. <laughs> this was the day before the game. Did you hear the the pre, the pre, pre-match report, the one right before the game? No, no, no. I didn't hear that one. <laughs> so he goes, uh, a reporter asked him a question. He said, I'd like to talk about three things. And I don't remember the thing in the middle, to be mm-hmm. fair. But he goes... Number one, Gerard Houllier, uh, who recently just passed away in France after a heart operation. Very mm-hmm. sad. Former Liverpool uh, boss, Aston Villa, actually, mm-hmm. as well. He coached uh, for a long time. Um, <laughs> just a, a, a man that loves football. We'll talk about him a, a little bit more in the closing. Uh, but it, it goes on, tells some nice stories about his interactions with Gerard Houllier and, and those sorts of things. Uh, I, again, I forget the second thing he said. And then third, he goes, and Big Sam, he is back. Emmy Lee too. <laughs> oh my god! It's like Big, what? Big Sam is back. <laughs> I, uh, I just and- I, I I would I would like to think in a perfect world in the middle there he just goes Roy still boss Roy our yeah. boss like <laughs> yeah but he said it was basically he's paying so uh, one of the radio shows I listen to one of the talk sports shows I listen to the uh, pundits were saying that they think that Jose actually really respects Sam Allardyce because he sees him as almost a pseudo ally mm-hmm. um, because they both play the same shit style of football and uh, I'd agree with that I, I would definitely all, agree all with kind that. of quote unquote piss off the establishment mm-hmm. uh, if you will but he um you know, obviously, it, it, he spoke about him before a few years back. I don't remember. They, they were coming up against each other when Jose was in charge of Chelsea. I think maybe the second time. He said, what do you think about Big Sam? And he goes, I don't know why you all don't give him more respect. He's escaped nine relegations. That's nine trophies in my book. 
Wow. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, not getting relegated with as many teams, as many divisions as there are, as many seasons as he's coached, having never been relegated is a, a huge, he's been a part of relegations where he got <laughs> sacked before they actually went down. Yeah. But having not been relegated in Jose's eyes is a huge, huge achievement, which I guess we can all say, judging by Tottenham's 24% possession in this game, was uh, mediocrity is the new winning. Yeah, apparently it is. Participation trophies, my friend. <laughs> we should actually speak on the game itself. You know I just what? did. It that ju- was an excellent transition by it, me that it, you didn't even pick up on. I did, and that's where I was going with it. I was complimenting you. You tell me I don't compliment you. Both of you say I don't compliment you enough. I'm complimenting you. Now we are moving on. <laughs> the, they execute the game plan exactly that they want to execute. The problem they don't realize is that they're playing the defending fucking champions. And the defending fucking yeah. champions will last the course. And they did last the entire game and they found a fucking way to win. It's because they're the defending fucking champions. Spurs, you're new to this. Liverpool has been dealing with this for the last three, four years of being just this close and not getting it. So they're they're okay. They're they're they were ready for this match. Absolutely. And just look, I mean, just look at the stats. That the post game was actually quite funny. Jose said these games are only, you know so important and only so much fun because both teams show up to win 24.2% possession, eight total shots, just two on target, only 443 touches. Jose, you showed up to win. Maybe you didn't even cross halfway. I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll jump to the end, but he did shake Jurgen Klopp's hand at the end and said the best team lost today. <laughs> well, last time I checked, if you control possession, you outshoot an opponent, and you outscore an opponent. That's the better team, right? <laughs> like, well, that's like, I mean, it, just even beyond that, right? The best team, it can be said, the best team is the one that takes the chances. Right. So all you need is that little thing in the top left of your screen. It's called the fucking scoreboard. Uh, the best team won. End of story, uh, in my opinion. Son had an excellent uh, counterattack, obviously. Yep. Uh, the first goal from Liverpool was a bit fortunate, looping over uh, af- uh, over Lloris after a deflection off of um, Eric Dyer. Uh, you know, just kind of lucky, rooted him to the spot. I think he but, still could have got to it had he believed it was going to go in. But But don't you feel like in games like this, the defending champions find a way to get a goal like that? Just how well, the, it fucking goes, man. Like absolutely. That's, that's exactly the bounce you should expect is going to fucking happen. But the other thing with Liverpool is they never quit, right? There, mm-hmm. There is no put a ball into the channel and, and it's a little too far in front. Oh, well, chance is gone. They're, they continue to press. If somebody's dribbling through and loses the ball, they swarm. Get it mm-hmm. back. Recreate the chance that they just lost. All of those sorts of things that other teams don't do, and that's why they find themselves in the position they are. The other thing that was very, very funny, uh, I don't know if you saw this floating around Twitter. It was, um, I believe it was on Match of the Day. It may have just been on the match coverage. But Tim Sherwood, former Aston Villa coach and Tottenham coach. Yeah. um, Tim Sherwood was talking about the header. It had to have been while it was going on because they were kind of in studio going around the grounds, I guess. And um, he's talking about the corner 
and he says, well, Liverpool, or I'm sorry, Tottenham has the, the bigger players and they're, they're much better in the air. And, it's, and I, I really don't think anybody's going to get ahead. And as soon as he said head, Firmino headed the ball, goal, end of story. It's like, that's why you're no longer a boss. <laughs> very funny. Too brilliant. Yeah, that's actually very fitting. You know, when you were talking about uh, Klopp and his depth, something that's worth noting, the last, it was, he had a direct hand in the first goal, is uh, Jones. The kid has stood up and really performed in the few matches that he's had to be playing in. And let's face it, this one's a big one. You're asked to do a lot. And he was probing and attacking and really kind of forcing Tottenham's defensive shape more so than even Bobby, Mane, and Salah were doing. Like he was just coming in from just behind them and really probing and really asking a lot of questions of that defense. And then that first, the first goal that was scored, it's credit to his play and his attack, you know, Absolutely. and that's, and that's a kid. I mean, like he's what, 19, 20. I mean, he's a kid. Yeah. kid. But he, he also, besides that, he's, he's very technically gifted, obviously, yeah. but he doesn't try to overplay the ball. Right. We, we sometimes talk about, we, um, Actually, me and you, it's mostly off air because it's during the Europa League stuff. Right. But you look at somebody like, um, uh, what's his name? Not Reese James. Why can't I think of his name now? Uh, the two young Arsenal players, Chris Willock and, and um, Nate LaMiles? Reece, it, no, Reese Nelson. Reese Nelson. They try to do too much. They try to overplay the ball. There are a couple step overs that, you know, drag the ball back, cut back. I beat a player, cut back. Like my brother used to do for mm -hmm. DU. Yeah. Beat somebody and cut back. Jones Why? is very direct. Him. Keep going. Jones yeah. is very direct. It's, it's very direct. And, and now he's it very can, simple. He can get plays him in trouble very, very his simple. Head, his head can get caught down at times where he just kind of like a bulldog and tries to run right through. But, but it also works more than it fails him because he's not dancing around. He's not trying to be a showboat. He just, right. I'm going to get to point A to point B and I'm going to try to put the ball in the back of the net. And he had quite a few shots in that match. And uh, again, give credit to, to, to the young kid in that setting. Most kids would bow back. Most kids would pass the ball away. They would not step up to, to make those attacks and, and take those shots he absolutely did not shudder. He went right at it. Absolutely. He grabbed he grabbed the opportunity by the scruff of the neck. Uh, and beside, besides, like I said, he he plays very simply, right? It's one-two touch, bang, move the ball. Receive the ball, move the ball. Receive the ball, move the ball. Take player on, move the ball. It's very simple football, which is yeah. perfect. That's why it's beautiful, right? Um, but the couple of skills he tried, I think he had a, 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 a Rabana in there. I think he did a, a couple of Cruyff turns. They were necessary uh, when he did them. He wasn't doing them simply to showboat for the cameras. Right. The situation he found himself in called for it. And when it came time to execute, he executed. Right. <clears throat> so it was, I, I thought it was an excellent performance from him. And, and for me, he was Liverpool's man of the match. Yeah. Now, yeah, Allison um, didn't have anything to do. Salah got lucky. Right. So for me, Curtis Jones was the man of the match. I I would tend to agree with that. Um, the the other thing that um, it, it, I don't want to take away. I mean, no, I know we're talking about twenty four percent percentage of holding the ball for Tottenham, but they executed their game plan as about as well as you could. The only thing that didn't happen is that they had a few counterattacks and. Bergvine missed both of his good opportunities. Now, worth noting, normally, who's in that position? 
not Bergvine. It's normally Son. And, and one, one opportunity you, Son had, he finished. One makes you think that maybe if it was Son on that side of the pitch instead of Bergvine, maybe, particularly the one that went off the post, because that was... That was inches. I mean, and and let's face it, we're having a completely different conversation if that ball from Bergvine goes in the back of the fucking net and Tottenham wins two to one. We're talking about they slayed the dragon, there's a new fucking title contender, blah, blah, blah. We have a completely different conversation right now. So it is legitimately a game of inches. And, and Tottenham did perfectly execute that game plan. They perfectly executed it. It just failed them right at the end. Um, I would say the scoreboard says they didn't perfectly execute it. Right. I said it failed them I'm right at the end. With you. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> um, um, one, one thing that was very noticeable, and this is, where, this is where now give credit to Klopp as a coach versus Mourinho as a coach, is that side of the field that um, Sir Joyer was on was getting tired, getting yep. really tired. Absolutely. That's the side that the corner came from because that's the side that Serge Oyer had to fucking poke at a ball and give up a corner because he was dog fucking tired because they had worked the shit out of his side of the pitch. Well, other other than that, honestly, as, as much as I hate Tottenham, I'm going to give you an unbiased uh, opinion here for real. That last corner was completely unmarked. It was one lapse in concentration. It was one moment that they didn't pick somebody up. And Firmino, who has been scarce, uh, scarce, scarce of goals lately. (laughs) Scarce isn't a thing. Scarce of goals. I was like, what are you feeling a little putty in and you want to say scouse? (laughs) Those veneers are scary. Uh, He's been, you know, uh, not scoring goals a lot lately. (laughs) Is that better? Yes. He no score goal many. (laughs) <laughs> um, but you give him a chance like that uh, completely unmarked dead center in the middle of the box with the entire goal to aim at. And very rarely is a striker of his quality going to miss that opportunity. And he didn't. So it was that one lapse of concentration that we haven't seen from Tottenham in eight or nine games now. Yeah. And that's just what it is. <laughs> and actually that'll fuel Jose. Cause it'll be the one fucking thing he talks about for the next two months to his team in the locker room. Guaranteed. Guess what they will not, will not do again. I'll be surprised if he lets them go home. He may just keep them at the training ground, watching that clip over and fucking. Top spot was not the only shuffle at the top of the table. Wolverhampton two, Chelsea one, Southampton one, Arsenal one, Everton two, Leicester nil. Chelsea gets. Right, so I thought I thought you were going to tell me that Alan Pardew was back in the league talking, <laughs> talking about shuffling. I heard you shuffling. <laughs> um, Chelsea gets caught late trying to get trying to go for the winner, which I mean, honestly, you can't blame them for doing. But they get caught late, and next thing you know, smash and grab. Wolves walk out the door with all fucking three points. Yeah, and I, I'm surprised. Honestly, they didn't get caught out sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, Chelsea came out with a very, very attacking lineup against a very pacey Wolves side. It was a, a lot of work they put on Conte yeah. because either side of Conte was Havertz and um, 
And I can't remember who's on the other side. Uh, but Havertz was on one side, who's normally a winger. Right. And then up front, they had Pulisic. Uh, oh, Mason Mount is who it was. Yeah. It was Havertz and Mason Mount who were both attacking players. Then you had Giroud through the middle. You had Werner on one side and Pulisic on the other. Oh, that's five. Man. You ask a lot of Conte in that. That's situation. five players that typically play a, across the front three. Yeah. Right. And then <clears throat> um, you've got. Do you got a goal of Conte by himself? Actually, this brings up a great question that just jumped in the top of my head. Do you think Lampard is overcorrecting for the wall of defense that Everton put in front of him on the weekend? Could be. I think he was also trying to take advantage. I think he was also trying to take advantage of Wolves potentially being exhausted. Okay. (laughs) We we know that Nuno. We know we know that Nuno doesn't doesn't always. Uh, rotate a squad, obviously, uh, and, and they have one of the players. smallest squads. Yeah, famously one of the smallest squads in the Premier League, mm-hmm. and they've been playing since last July, almost with no break. I mean, you take those couple of months with the pandemic that they weren't doing anything, but training. I mean, they were still working out on their own. You know, right. going for runs, right. all that kind of stuff. They've been constantly <laughs> playing football for over a year, a little, about a year and a half now. Right, and right. it. it I think he was trying to just hit him early, hit him often, and it never came. Giroud missed a, a plethora of early chances, eventually did get his goal. Um, Wasn't but, even really deserved. Patricio fucked it up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was an instinctive volley, and he did well to put it on target, in my opinion, but Patricio <laughs> obviously should have made the save. It hit him in both hands. It, both <laughs> hands and his chest as it fell down between them. Like, like normally, we, we joke, we always say, you know, you hate it when the ball gets hit you right in the hands, but the ball hit you right in the hands. It went through your hands. It hit you right in the chest, and then somehow went through your chest behind you into the net. Like, I mean, come like on. A- I mean, as a keeper, you're, you put your hands to catch the ball. And what do you always do? Your body's behind the ball. He did that. All of it failed him. All of it, 100%, all of it failed him. It was like a glitch on FIFA. <laughs> I know. It was, just, it was like, what just happened? <laughs> just such a weird goal. I mean, I mean, it's, it's very it's, strange. Again, Giroud, like you said, he got the foot on the ball and he put himself in the right spot, but it was just like, Wow, you really gonna re- you're gonna be thinking about th- just me as a former keeper. That's one you're gonna be thinking about for days. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Like, How and then the you look fuck at you, did that ball get past me. Chelsea continued to pull forward. <laughs> Chelsea continued to create mm-hmm. chances, and nothing was coming off. Rui Patricio had a, a couple of very very good saves, yep. um, and then Wolves conversely took their chances. Right. Um, it was what Danny Potence, yeah, Daniel yeah. Potence with the first goal was an absolute peach, uh, although it did have a slight deflection on it. And then Pedro Neto scoring in the final few seconds because Zuma didn't get close enough to him. Yeah, uh, and I think if I remember correctly, it was a great advantage played by the referee. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, in the in the build up to that goal, it was a great win for Wolves, uh, and Chelsea should be you know asking questions of themselves. I, I don't. That was not a good performance in my opinion. So, you know, so I want to bring up something that you've constantly talked about when we discuss the world of goalkeepers and we talk about the keepers that make tons of saves. And then we talk about the keepers who play on stronger sides. The what makes Allison and what makes Ederson so great is their ability to be able to go a whole game with seeing nothing. And then when they're called upon, they make the save. That's it. It's all mentality. Mendy drops the ball 
twice in uh, he doesn't literally drop the ball but he dropped he he makes a crucial mistake against Everton and and gives up the penalty he makes crucial mistakes um the the final goal i mean that was near post he sh- you 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 have to save a near like you have to save it i don't care what your defender does you show near post because you know you're going to save near post how do you not save near post like you've yeah. been you've been well, called fair. upon so so that's that's really what I'm throwing at you is you've you've often talked about this. And what we have to remember about Mendy is he's a fucking kid still. Like so I was just about to tell you, I just looked it up on my phone. Uh he is 28 years and 292 days. Okay, he so was he born ain't a kid. January 3rd, though, mm-hmm. of 1992. Think right, about so- that. He is my brother's age. He's eleven days older than Brian. <laughs> Wow, I wouldn't you think? Uh, and, and, I, I and just thought I thought the, he was like a twenty-one-year-old kid, is what I thought. No, but he's yeah. been playing most of his career in France, and ha- hasn't really had the limelight like like he does in England, especially it's not true. for a side like Chelsea. Right, Very he's true. not under that much scrutiny uh, previously in his careers. Played well without that pressure. He shows up at Chelsea and performs excellently, and everyone piles in. Everyone piles in on him as if he's the greatest thing since goalkeeping, really because he was compared to Aretha Balaga, right? And the shit show that he was for the Uh last year and a half. So he's allowed, in my opinion, this particular player is allowed a a couple of mistakes because he hasn't made any. We look at last game with that stupid tackle that that gave the the penalty away against you. Yeah, last week, yeah. Yeah. You said last season, you meant last week. But yeah, yeah. Last week, um, so you you look at that, and then this, and these are the two mistakes he's made, right? right. These are the the two issues he's had has happened in the last seventy two hours. Does so I, this defense stop trusting him like Kepa? Like no, I mean, I don't think we, so. Could we look at a situation where this could Not easily like turn into Kepa? No, because I but. It's one thing to make mistakes and somebody not trust you. It's another thing for people to lose respect for you. Right. Kepa's problems started when he refused to come off with Maurizio Sarri, and both of us were surprised he was still at the club. Yeah, yeah, true. And I think Chelsea held on to Aretha Balaga too long because they couldn't offload him, and he cost so much goddamn money. And then that was the end of that. Every They not only didn't trust him, they didn't respect him either. Right. I think they have utmost love and respect for Edward Mendy, and I think he'll be fine. He'll recover from this. He'll learn from it. It's his first time in the major, major spotlight. I think he'll be okay. Um, you know, as an Arsenal supporter, sadly, but I think he'll be okay. Well, let's also face it. It's December. You've got a bunch of games coming fast and furious. The start of the month can be forgotten very fucking quickly. Like it could just disappear. Oh yeah. <clears throat> this uh, get this, a couple of the right wins, and suddenly nobody cares about what just happened these last two weeks. You go, you go. Well, not ah, even it was a playing blip. in three days. T- yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. The last, yeah, the last few days. You just go. Yeah, ah, it was just a tough bump in the schedule. Oh, you know, Everton and Wolves are spunky. They're they're tough sides. They're you know we we just weren't ready for them. And you can look past you can look past it now. Absolutely, if he continues to make these mistakes, though, that could be a problem. Could Absolutely, become a problem. I just don't think it's that time to sound that alarm yet. Um, holy shit, your boy finally scored in the right net. How about that? Um, that's fantastic. Good for him. <laughs> a, uh, bittersweet seeing um, your boy score against you. 
You couldn't you couldn't sense that in my voice, bittersweet. <laughs> oh well, I was I was no no no. We're talking about uh, well no. First, I was talking about Abba finally scoring, but I was saying bittersweet no, about Theo scoring. Well, it it had it had Theo's name written all over it, didn't it? Oh yeah. It, it should have stayed as we're in right now. It had Theo written all over it. He was the only one that was going to score. I was worried it was going to be a hat trick. Thank God it wasn't. Yeah. Um, but he had uh, he had himself a, a pretty damn good game. Put in a defensive shift as well. Good for him. Uh, Kenny was texting me during the game a bit, which was which was nice. I wish I could have watched it. I had to listen to it on XM in my car because I was working. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was. Just simply not good enough for my boys, honestly. Uh, 35.2% of the ball at fucking home. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is not good enough. A third game where we get a red card in our last four. I was just about to bring that up. I was like, another fucking red card. And another key player. Now, now right? at least, well, at least in this scenario, yes, a key player and it hurts. But at least it's two yellows. It's least because it's your defender. At least it's because he's fucking, you know, he's aggressive and he's trying to fucking win and there's some fucking passion in him. And it's not, I'm going to headbutt a motherfucker. I'm going to choke a motherfucker. At least it's like on the play, on the field of play. And that second yellow, it's like he knew what he had to do and he knew what was coming because of it. Like if I let him by, if I let him by, it's a fucking goal. I, I, you yeah, know, but he, he looked a little surprised he was getting yeah. a card. <laughs> but well, the first, that's what you do. You always look at the ref and be like, I mean, come on, you're the poster there, child of looking fair. at a ref that's and going, fair. and going, oh, come on. No, I only grabbed his jersey a little. And that is not a red. No, 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 it is not that's a yellow fair. card. <laughs> like, I'll give you that. I'll yeah. give you that. But what, what really pisses me off is that was a warranted yellow card. The first one he got was not. The first one was a clear foul that he stood over the ball and, didn't allow the other team to take the free kick. Right. Got to be smarter. You know, it was a a stupid ass yellow he got, Mm -hmm. which if you're going to do that, you can't do this asshole. Right. (laughs) Because you're going to put us at a disadvantage. And he did. Now that being said, uh, we, we hunkered in, we played like Tottenham did against Liverpool with two banks of 10. Yeah. (laughs) In front of our goal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you're not, you're not going to fucking score. Yeah. Uh, Tottenham played with 11 players in a seven, two, one formation Arsenal after the red card played in an eight, one, one, and uh, I'm sorry, a seven, one, one. And, um, it was, it was, it sucked. Uh, we had nothing, uh, to show for it except for a Rob, uh, holding, I almost said Holmes, a Rob holding header, uh, <laughs> crashed against the crossbar. Yeah. But, was it Danny Ings or Che Adams? Somebody uh, for them hit the crossbar as well on the other side. I so don't know. I was things, watching my own match, so you're going to have to fill me in there, killer. All things being equal, um, I think it's a, a relatively fair result. We started off like shit. They took advantage of it. They started off like shit in the second half. We took advantage of it. Yeah. Uh, something stupid happened. We dug in. It's very hard sometimes when a team is committed to it. It's very hard to break down, you know, uh, a, a team that has 10 men. We were able to survive and almost win the game. So, it, you know, there's a couple of positives. We didn't have any foul throws. Again, second game in a row, no How foul about throws. That? There's some positives to take from it. I also, now that the second game uh, of my parlay that I didn't hit is uh, is being talked about, I'm going to offer my services of not being able to pick shit. If there is a team that you need to win, uh, just text me and I'll praise them uh, for $5. 
uh, on the podcast uh, and then actually bet them in my bet. Um, uh, if there's a team you need to lose that week. Uh, no, I'm sorry. If there's a team you need to win, I'll slag them off. If there's a team you need to lose, I'll praise them. Uh, five bucks a pop. Um, if you want oh, them in a parlay, I'll your... knock that down to I'll knock that down to two fifty per layer on the parlay. It doesn't. Okay? It does not go into your uh, bottom line debt on your uh, bets. That's just cash I and accept pocket. Venom. Just I don't want it in my pocket. bottom line vets. I want it to buy formula for vets, my kid. Vets. Oh, we're talking about we're talking about uh, <laughs> retired armed forces now. Is that what we're talking about? Not bets. No, my you bet. I, I want yeah, it to buy yeah, formula for the kid. <laughs> so any layer of the parlay, $2.50 a line, you just hit me up. I'll go ahead and bet it for you. Um, I, I want to say with Southampton, it's, it's odd for me to be saying this. It's particularly odd for me to be saying this against your club. Southampton got to feel hard done that they didn't get three points in this one. They pushed, obviously. Yeah. Bert Leno had a couple of very good saves. There was a couple of very good blocks. A couple of Arsenal players actually putting their body on the line for a change. Imagine that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all things being equal, we started like shit. Then they started like shit. We both scored a goal on each other. And then we went down to 10 men and hunkered yeah. in. But I think it's a fair result. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it's not a fair result. I'm saying for them in their mentality now, as, oh, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. as a top they'll, they'll be five upset side, because obviously this they is were a pushing. Game yeah, should have fucking won. Like you're gonna yeah, look back were, at it and go, were pushing. Should have won this one. This is one we should have won. Why Absolutely. didn't we win this one? They'll be, 100%. which is just, which again is odd to say because this is typically, if this was any other season, the roles would be reversed. You'd be the one saying. Why the fuck didn't we get three points out of that one? You know, yeah, I mean, sure, we you, great. I'll take the one, but uh, it should have been better. Um, when Carly and I were in England last fall, it was Southampton, right? They went up first as well. Yeah, Danny Welbeck scored, Alba scored, and uh, one of the kids. It might have been Reese. Um, uh, no, it definitely wasn't. It was Joe Willick. Scored the mm -hmm. third goal. We won three one, but we went behind to Shane Long. Yeah, <clears throat> might have so, been two years ago actually. Now, but uh, yeah, two years ago. Yeah. So uh, Everton win ugly, very ugly. So very, very, very ugly. But very efficiently. Mm hmm. Um, oh, just oh, under forty percent of the ball, but you tripled Leicester on shots. Sam, manhood check. That's what these last two games have been. This is Carlo saying, all right, boys, we're, we're a little thin. We're a little depleted. We're not going to be able to play the fun, you know, cutesy shit we were doing the first four games of the season. Guess what? Do you all want to play in Europe? This is what you're going to have to do to play in Europe. They fucking did it. Like, they beat two teams that are going to be around the top six at the end of the fucking season. And they shut them out, both of them. I mean, it's... It is not pretty. It was not at all a pretty game to watch, but they fucking got the result. That's that's big. That's yeah. really big for Everton. It really is. No, absolutely. I, I would say it was fairly straightforward, though. I mean, Leicester did not have their shooting boots on. No, um, they did not. Like I said, you tri you tripled them up on shots on target. It was it was uncharacteristically, I'm sorry, Um anti-ruthless, uh, weak, flaccid from Leicester. It was strange, especially with so much possession. Uh, but you guys you hit on the counter very well. Dare I say you almost played a Jose-esque game. 
I'm you sat wondering back and this, waited for your opportunities. I'm wondering if this four center back thing straight across the back might actually fucking work because it shut down Giroud and it shut down fucking Vardy. I mean, it was just, it was weird to watch. Honestly, as a supporter, it was really weird to watch. And I'm like, wow, okay, so we got four fucking center backs and some, how how are they not running past us? Yeah, I mean, with Holgate, Keane, Mina, and Godfrey, you definitely have um, some very athletic players back there. So I think that's why wingers aren't just running around you like it's going out of style, uh, especially Godfrey, to be honest with you, as young as he is. Um, on the right side, he can fast. also play right back very well. Sneaky fucking fast. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, all of that, I want to talk about the – like I said, it was very straightforward from you guys, to be honest with you. Uh, I want to talk about the greatest double save that will ever happen that will not get remembered because <laughs> oh my Mason Holgate got that second goal. <laughs> you are absolutely right. Oh, my God. The first, Off the corner, Schmeichel makes the save, falls on the ground. Dominic Calvert-Lewin-Dowski uh, goes ahead, takes the shot out of nowhere, like a dead man, like a fucking zombie throwing its arm out of a grave. Schmeichel throws his arm up, boom, blocks it. Problem was, is it goes right to fucking Holgate's foot, who puts it right in the back of the net. <laughs> yeah, it was almost like, I mean, as you said, Casper Schmeichel was laying there dead, and uh, Brendan Rodgers took his front two teeth out and went clear, and then his arm popped up. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Very well done, but sorry, mate. It's never going to get remembered because Holgate scored. <laughs> I, I, I mean, fuck it. I'll take it. I'm, I'm happy as hell. Like I said, it's a gut check win for uh, Everton. This is the kind of games you need. The, the, both of these two games, when we're looking at December and we tie Burnley 1-1, you're like, oh, fuck. It's going to be one of them Decembers. And then we yeah. turn around and do these two. Trust me, I can call it right now. We're beating you. Then we fucking beat Man U in the fucking um, in the League Cup quarterfinals. And then we give Sheffield United their first victory of the season on fucking Boxing Day. <laughs> that, Not so sure about that. You just wait for my bet, my friend. <laughs> that's exactly what Everton likes to do. Why is Leicester such a yo-yo club? Um, I don't know. To they're be well managed. You. They have a good system. They know what they're supposed to do. I just don't think they have the level of play. I mean, Conte over, I don't even know who the defensive midfielder is right now. Well, it was um, um, Mendy and then Ndidi, who has filled in but for Ndidi's, Right. Ndidi's hurt, isn't he? Right, but he's back now. Okay. Well, after a long injury layoff, you're always going to take a while to catch back up to but the they, game. They had both. They had they had they had Ndidi out there too, and it's like okay. There's, so you lose Maguire, but you got Sinyochu. Sinyochu seems to be a decent guy, and then he goes down, and now you got Fofana, and Fofana seems to be fine. It just they everybody the the players seem to step in. Why is there this just up and down about them? It right, makes listen, no fucking listen, sense. Listen. You're you're very much like the British media right now, and I'm like Jurgen Klopp. You cannot poke holes in what I'm saying because I'm the color guy, and I just know what the fuck I'm talking about, okay? All right, I'll be quiet I'm, then. I don't have any more excuses, uh, and I'm out of ideas, so fuck it. Rounding out the rest of the league in, oh, so that happened. Man City 1, West Brom 1, Leeds 5, Newcastle 2, Fulham 0, Brighton 0, West Ham 1, Palace 1, Villa 0, Burnley 0, Man U three, Sheffield United two. Um, <clears throat> so Man City 
stifled by West Brom, which makes no sense to me why that happens. Well, I, I don't know about stifled. Um, 77.2% of the ball, 26 shots overall, seven on target, and they scored both goals. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and then there were six that Johnston kept out <laughs> very well, by the way. Um, still not, <laughs> still not enough to save one Mr. Uh, Slavon Bilic's job. He is the first manager no. to go. And well, you know, the funny part was too, besides that real quick is uh, apparently the press were briefed prior to the game that he was probably losing his job. And then this happens. (laughs) So yeah, I'm sure they were going to fire him as soon as they walked out of the stadium and then they drew. (laughs) So they had to wait until this morning to do it. I I personally loved his remark. I'm not bothered. (laughs) Like I'm enjoying my job. He's like, it's when, when they let him go, he's like, "Eh, I'm not bothered. He he clearly knew that, that the board was not going to give him necessarily the pieces he needed to be successful. Um, There is rumors that this board does want to sell. And, you know, it's, it's a shame because you watch his style of play and you saw it when he was with West Ham and you saw it when he was with, with, with West Brom. I don't want to, I don't want to doom this man to just being a championship coach. I think he's a talented enough coach to coach in the premier league. It just, I think he's gotten he, he too needs the shitty. Tools. I think he's gotten two shitty fucking dealt hands in a row. <laughs> like he needs he needs the tools. Absolutely. And the board is going to have to give him an opportunity to have those tools. Um at the same time that being said, there's nothing wrong with being a championship <laughs> manager. One of our favorite stories of the last couple of seasons is Neil Warnock. Yep. He's almost 80. He's Back in a job at Middlesbrough. Fucking love him. We love him. <laughs> but, we love the warlock. Dude loves it, but right. And and there's there's something to be said, as, as you say. You know, we talked about Big Sam earlier not being relegated. There's something to be said for being promoted so many times. I mean, Neil Warnock has made a fucking career on it. And what a so, winky dinky! Who's the new manager at West Brom? Big Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I I gotta say, um, and I want to. And Sammy Lee back in. Sammy Lee, his assistant. I want to kind of keep this. I want to kind of keep this moving because we got six games still to cover. Well, five more games still to cover after this. Um, I don't know if Big Sam can keep this team up. So they finally showed the effort. I've been criticizing them for not showing the last three weeks. If they can keep up that level. I think they'll be fine. Now, is pie and pint loving Big Sam the man to get this team into fitness to do it? I don't know. I think Big Sam's going to look at the board and say, well, you need to buy this Premier League proven player, this Premier League. Like, you need to make moves in January to help me. And I don't think this board's going to do it because they sure as fuck didn't do it on promotion, which would have been the time to fucking do it. And West Brom is going to become the new Everton then. When Big Sam took over there. Oh, thanks. Appreciate They'll it. They'll have 37 number 10s that are all on 200 grand a week and nowhere to move them. In in defense, and I can't believe I'm defending fucking Big Sam. They were already there before he got there. That's your namesake, man. <laughs> we, we bought. You have we, to defend him. We we bought uh, Shank Tosun, uh, Tosun who, we, who he didn't want to buy, and we brought on... Um, uh, Theo, who he did want to bring on, which was what a proven Premier League player. 
And that's I. So I'm interested to see how he that played goes. for me for 14 years. I don't um, call him proven necessarily. And it's a uh, very very important <laughs> thing to point out. Um, very important thing to point out is um, Pep and the fourth official and the fight over the board and the amount of Fergie time that could be added. Fergie did it was it like very, Nathan Redmond all over again, wasn't it? Fergie did it very subtly. Fergie would just sit there and talk to the ref the entire time. And the ref would be then quote unquote influence to add extra time. You don't grab the board, pull it down and go, no, put eight minutes on, not four. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. <laughs> it was quite funny. It was, it was now I know where Sergio Aguero gets it from. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't care how poofy and stylish your sweater is. It's not going to work. It's just not going to work, Pep. That's all there is to it. So Leeds decide to explode after uh, a 2-2 game for the most part in this around the 75th minute and then decide to score all the fucking goals and win 5-2. to two. All right, I'll read you my notes verbatim. Holy shit. I figured we were going to run this long, by the way. Yeah. Uh, holy shit. Seven goals in just 62 minutes of play. I'm only going to list the scores. Because we should be talking about Leeds 5, Newcastle 2, but it was against Newcastle, so who gives a fuck? <laughs> uh, Jeff Hendrick, Patrick Bamford, Rodrigo, Kieran Clark, Stuart Dallas, Alianski, because I can't pronounce his first name, and Jack Harrison with a peach. Rodrigo uh, was assisted by Jack Harrison, was a peach of a delivery and a great header, uh, and we need to move on to save time. Very good. Well said. Um, Fulham nil, Brighton nil. Now I'm gonna I, get fucking pelters for that, by the way. Um, I am. Oh, yo, oh, fucking Lars is gonna fucking reach out to you personally and let you know about that one. <laughs> Definitely. Oh my god. Now, Fulham Brighton. At least there were a couple of really good saves in this match, and I don't want to cheapen. I do not want to cheapen what we had to say about the Manchester Derby earlier this week. So we're actually going to take a second and talk about this match because it deserves more than the Manchester Derby did. All right. Well, I'm going to say my piece and then you can finish it. Got it. Uh, the game was dead even. The teams just aren't very good. Right. Um, here's my question. Sam, take it away. <laughs> here, here's, my, here's my question. Why are we sitting here at this match and going, it benefited Fulham, but it hurt Brighton in a nil-nil draw? Because everybody's on Brighton's nuts for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really, that's really what it comes down to. But, but for Fulham, you're continuing to get points. This is Correct. exactly now, what you need to be fucking doing. I think Fulham is disappointed, actually, probably uh, more disappointed of the two sides because they are on such a hot streak. They are in form right now. And this was an opportunity to get three points against somebody that was there or thereabouts. And, and get ahead of them. Make right, them that's be, not named Arsenal. Make, make yeah. them be the team that has to worry about staving off re relegation, not you. Correct. Put yourself yep. one more step ahead. So very good call Absolutely. on that. But still, for, for Fulham, you're still happy with the fucking points. And and don't worry, January is the great equalizer for fucking Brighton. So <laughs> we know they yeah, will stop right. score. We know they will stop getting points in January. Um, Absolutely. Great to see Benteke scoring again. Problem is, is Benteke hasn't played in a while, and he's forgotten the rules about when you move your arms around when you're trying to get a header. And got himself two yellows and sent off for exactly that. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for well, exactly that. So he had the the two goals uh, 
what was it, two games ago now. Mm-hmm. And then the weekend had the false start with Son. And then now does this. But he got a goal. He did get one got goal. Got a goal. Of, yeah, got a goal. Yep. Very impressed. It was a, it was a uh, nice actually goal. With, with his play. Like I, t- I told you the other day, it, his movement looks like the Benteke of Aston Villa. Yeah. Um, yeah. When he first arrived on, on English shores. Um, and he was doing very, very well uh, again. He was involved in the play. He was a nuisance um, at times, though, because of the quality of the two teams. It was a bit of a slog to watch this game. Um, but there were moments of quality. Uh, four shots on target, uh, two for each team. But both goals were absolutely fucking spectacular. I, uh, Sebastian Allaire, uh, about 10 feet in the fucking air uh, with a bicycle kick. Sam, I want to tell you my notes. Um, Sebastian Allaire, all caps, Oh my God. <laughs> that is yeah. all I have to say. And that's an atheist saying that. Fuck me. What a goal. Holy Absolutely. shit. What a goal. Good flew, Lord. Flew right in the top corner as well. Oh, it was perfect. A perfectly, perfectly perfect. executed bicycle that goes right into the top corner like a thunderbolt. Like it should have ripped through the net. Oh my God. God, what a goal. Damn straight. Um, um, and Guaita had nothing to do with it. He had um, no chance whatsoever uh, to, in, in, uh, in saving that. And um, and the same being said for Fabianski mm-hmm. with Benteke's header was gorgeous, phenomenal. Gorgeous header. A brilliant header. I mean, it was on the level of Rodrigo, the, the angle in which it came in and the manner in which he finished it. It was absolutely fantastic from him. You know, um, I, but again, like I said, those were the only two moments of, of real, real quality in this game. There was a lot of diving. There was a lot of looking at the referee. And it was a bit of a shame to see, to be honest with you, in some of those situations. Yeah. Kind, kind, of, what, kind of what you expected. Uh, honestly, kind of what you expected from these two teams. I don't think ultimately we're surprised by the result. I think we're, we're surprised by how the result got there. Villa Burnley... Burnley get a big point despite the fact that Villa completely dominated this match. Like 1,000% dominated this match. We, we've talked a few times about Villa being efficient in possession and, and getting some of these opportunities on target and, and those sorts of things. They only managed seven shots on target from 27 total shots. Um, that, however, still outweighed Burnley's at six overall chances to just four on target. At the same time, I wouldn't even call Villa wasteful here. Yeah. They were quite close, just over the bar a few times. Nick Pope had himself a hell of a game. Yeah, a couple of big um, saves. Uh, Martinez had a couple of I big think saves, it, too. I was going to say, I think of that first save by Emmy Martinez, uh, right about the 18th, 19th minute. Was absolutely phenomenal. Fucking El Gato getting across the The, the header the, uh, across the, the line. Yeah, where he got across the line it away. That save was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Um, but both teams rode their luck in the uh, in the early stages. But Villa turned on the style. They hit they hit the bar a couple of times. I mean, Burnley were on definitely on the back foot. Villa were the better team and should have taken all three points. Mel, what do you think? It's your team. Uh, yeah, it was. We were a little nervous going into it because we didn't have Cash or Ross Barkley or Trezeguet, Trezeguet or Douglas Louise. Douglas Louise. So we were missing a lot of players. Another stupid red last week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But team came together, uh, worked really well. And 
God, it was so frustrating how close we were so many times. I, I just think well, it's, I think it's subs that just didn't get the, yeah. didn't, didn't put the shots on target. I mean, it's, well, it, it's, a tough, it's a tough I, match. I think hasn't you, seen enough football. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's starting to really develop though. I, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, no, he, I, he had I've chances, but he, he looked he's to there. me, he's fun to, to me, watch. He looked rusty. Yeah. It was, it was step over, step over, beat the guy. Final ball sucked. It was too far, too short, cut it back wrong, made the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. It was just, Oh God! In my like, if he got a string of games, if he got two, three, four games in a row, yeah, I think he's, he'd be world beater. He'd be he's, fine. He's starting to get the matches. El Ghazi was really kind of poor in his opportunities. There was one, in fact, except for that, that free kick, right? Right. Yes, that Pope made the save on. Um, but then, but then there was one where he had been missing wide so many times that there was a four on three. And they literally shifted and let Jack Away pass, it, pass it to El Ghazi. That's El Ghazi put it up over in the fucking rosette. It was almost like we're like, okay, Burnley went, if you're going to beat us today, he's the guy to beat us. Yeah. Go ahead. Take a shot. We dare you. <laughs> like, so, hey. It's, yeah, that's it's, funny. He, he did match. beat us uh, at the end of last season, El Ghazi. Yeah. So if fun, I remember correctly. Fun, yeah, again, it was, it's... Hey, you had to play a lot of your, your a lot of your bench, you know. Um, also, um, uh, um, House. Konza, well, there five yeah, subs, Konza was out. So, right House, now, you know? yeah. So, what's that? I said, if there were five subs, we wouldn't even be talking about this right uh, now. Exactly. <laughs> so, oh, and, and Watkins he, getting nailed in the nose <laughs> took him out for a bit too. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't it even was, see that. Yeah. Oh yeah, second half got uh got nailed in the nose and then it wouldn't stop bleeding, so it kept coming on and coming off and coming on. Oh, that sucks. Oh, Maybe so- they should have did that to David Louise when his head stitches burst <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, we've already spoken too much about this match for a nil-nil draw, but then of course it deserves this much more talk than the Manchester Derby did last fucking week. <laughs> yeah, something actually short. happened. In this it was game. an actual game happened. Sheffield gets an early lead on a Dean Henderson mistake. And then they, by halftime, had given away all the momentum and the lead and found themselves down two to one. Yeah, Dean Henderson caught in possession, obviously. Um, it was a, a wonderful bit of play. I th- was it Fleck that dispossessed him and mm-hmm. then on the ground touched just back into space? Yep. As yep. Uh, Dean Henderson was trying to pounce on the ball. Yep. Um, and McGoldrick found himself right place, right time, and tucked away well. Actually, Henderson almost got to the damn ball um, yeah. uh, for a second save, which would have been fantastic, but obviously wasn't because it went in. Um, There's only four and a half in, uh, minutes in at that point. And Sheffield United, I think, gave a great account of themselves in this game. They, the effort was there. The, the chances were there. They created a multitude of opportunities, and they only uh, were down 15% on possession. I uh, tend to think really they started well it. and ended well. I don't think everything in the middle, I don't think, was very good from Sheffield. I don't know. Personally. I, I think, well, obviously, they're, they're giving up three <laughs> goals was a shit show. Yeah. But, um, you know, now two of those were Ramsdale's fault. Yeah. I, again, Ramsdale's not a very good keeper. I, I mean, I, I know he was talked about for a while as a potential England national player, and they they liked the saves he would make at Bournemouth. He's not very good. He's just not no, I, very good. I would 
kind of counteract that a bit. And I would say that he is very, very young and just 22 years old, born in yeah. 1998, mate. Uh, he's young. Oh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not debating that he's a young keeper, but he but that, is. That trust, that trust goes both ways. He knew the players at Bournemouth. That's who he came through with. Yeah. Maybe that and you had Nathan. Means- you, but listen, listen, you had Nathan Ake back there. And, and he would make some spectacular saves, right? He would make some fantastic saves. You put him in at this age to a team that is struggling. And, and one of the things that I never really even thought of, right, until I heard a pundit say it today, uh, on not on NBC. It was actually it was on Talk Sport while I was working. <laughs> um, but you think of it today. Somebody said, Mel, and you'll remember this, when that goal was not given for Sheffield United against Villa, mm. Sheffield United finished one point out of the European places. That win would have given them, had everything else happened the same way, they would have been in Europe this season. They would have had a bigger budget. They would have been able to refresh the squad properly. They would have been able to do those things. They weren't. Villa may have went down without that point. Instead, they didn't. They're galvanized by staying up instead of the disappointment of, shit, we almost made Europe. And you look at where they are now, and it, I think that moment, I agree with the, the pundit that said it today, that moment was a true, the, one of the truest sliding door moments, quote unquote, that you'll ever see, right? That moment stopped Sheffield United from European football, and it gave Villa the onus to earn their place in the Premier League for another season mm-hmm. and bang, you see where they are now. One team is galvanized. One team is disappointed and that's the end of it. There's no confidence in that team. They bought a, a couple of kids and that granted they did break their, their transfer record on Rian Brewster, but they won't play him for right. whatever reason. I, I don't know what to tell you there. Lise Mousset finally got in and had a couple of good shots. I've been crying out for him all season. I don't know if he's been injured or COVID or what. I don't know where he's been, but he was their top scorer last season. Why right. the fuck wouldn't you play him? Would make sense. Um, yeah. It, it, it doesn't make sense to me why he's not been there. And Manchester United just took advantage of their opportunities and also coupled with uh, Ramsdale's mistakes. Marcus Rashford should have never been able to score that third goal. Hit both of Ramsdale's hands and his chest. Yeah. Pulled a, a Patricio. Yeah, we want to do a little 100%. throwback to earlier. There was on. there was two FIFA glitches this weekend on the server. I don't know what ha- you know. It's just it, it is what it is, man. Um, last thing worth mentioning uh, about Sheffield is this is the first game now in thirteen weeks that they have scored over a goal. This is the first time they have scored two goals. It's time to tell you what little we know. It's prediction time. We all fucking missed. All of us. Every single one of us. Nobody hit. Yep. Kitty missed. You missed. I missed. Pat missed. Now, Pat still has bets on the weekend as well, but we all suck. So, Graham, you're now down 369. I'm not even giving you the common fucking decency of the stupid fucking 69 joke. Uh, that, 69. Must, that must sting because, it, because that Chelsea <laughs> screwed up your bet. And at least, at least Arsenal could have won for you. But nope, they didn't get points either. So um, They got a point, Dick. They okay. got a point. Oh, oh, hey, how about that? Spoken <laughs> like a team. In, spoken like a team on the bottom half games. of the table. <laughs> hey, let um, me tell you something. Let me tell you something about that. 
that could have been the first time we have ever in our history lost five games at home in a row. Wow. In the history of the club. And we avoided it. So I'm over the moon, my friend. Speaking of losing. And and no foul throws. I'm over the moon. Speaking about uh, losing bets, go ahead and give us this one this week. Uh, What do you got for the weekend killer? So this one is a little bit far-fetched. Oh, shocker. (laughs) Wait, wait. Sam Graham's giving us a crazy fucking bet? Go right ahead. All right. So it's only a two-way parlay. But the odds, man, the odds. The odds are very good. Um, (laughs) They're good for a reason. Brighton, who I don't think is very good, are going to lose at home to Sheffield United. Is number one. Sheffield, after that display today, pick up their first win of the season against Brighton at the Amex. That's part one. Part Part two, very difficult, obviously. Wolves to beat Burnley. I thought they were going to fall apart without him, and as they haven't. Okay. So in in another, technically a Midlands derby, I think Wolves beats Burnley at uh, at Turf Moor. I've got plus one thousand and two odds on that two way parlay. Wow! Couldn't turn it down. Couldn't turn it down. I truly do not believe Brighton are that good. And the work rate with which Sheffield lost to Man United with, I think they might beat Brighton. I really okay. do. Okay. Okay. You know what? I'll and give Wolves you is, And Wolves is finding a way. <laughs> when I don't believe they can, They've. that's why I bet against a midweek. They right. found a way. Which is, sorry, Paul, they're going to lose now. <laughs> Got it. All right. Very good. Very good. So um, that's that. Oh, and quickly, yes. I have a special announcement. What's your special announcement? My daughter wanted to put one in just to stick the boot in on you. Oh, uh, she's picking Arsenal to beat Everton. Go ahead with an ex- with an exact score. Okay, we are we are at the table right that I sat at at Sullivan's with my father when I was ten and filled out his Kino ticket that he went and turned in right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's telling me to bet on Arsenal to win two to one, which is plus one thousand U.S. dollars. Is that an official bet? That is an official bet from Tegan from Sam. Does does it Pro- go on you? Proxy for does it, Tegan. Does it go on you? If if you don't hit, does that go on you? Oh no 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 absolutely <laughs> okay, not. Okay, well then it means fuck all. Um, fuck no. <laughs> all right, so anywho, um, Pat lost, and um, we'll check in on him on Monday. Um, the one week Bruno doesn't fucking dive and get a PK, <laughs> I don't hit. But I'm still up $250. And when you use my tried and true system, Big Sam's Lock of the Week. Did you know 35.7% of the time it works? 100% of the time. That sounds like Tottenham's possession stats. Uh, I'm positive you're negative. That's all anybody needs to do. Um, for the weekend, okay, Jose. For the okay, weekend, Jose. For the weekend, I'm going to go with a very simple bet. <clears throat> Give me the over three and a half goals on Man U leads at plus one thirty. I think that there's easily four goals in that match. So, give me that at plus one thirty. That segment was okay, but we can do better. We give you Kitty the Chicken. <laughs> 
Well, uh, Kitty lost out with the villa draw and is now at five over eight. Now, this morning, Sam, when I went to let the girls out, it had just snowed last night. Uh-huh. Well, I noticed there were a different set of footprints in the snow, and they appeared to be wing-tipped. Ooh. Were those the Italian friends, maybe? I don't know. It makes me wonder. A few of Kitty's, quote, professional acquaintances paid her a visit. Mr. Graham, do you think maybe, maybe the the bookies are checking in on Kitty because she's not doing so well? Could be. Could Could absolutely be. be. But as I hear it, they haven't caught Pat yet, so. (laughs) Well, here's what I do know. There is no eggs up in the coop this morning. Ooh, Kitty's a little uh, spooked. Just pointing that out. Maybe they swapped Pat for Kitty. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, So this week, I gave her Fulham at Newcastle. And so she quickly pulled out her iPad, because, you know, she has both an iPhone and an iPad, and showed me a photo of her at the pub with none other than Hugh Grant and Daniel Radcliffe. They were all enjoying a pint and having a lovely, dare I say, Fulhamish time. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's right. They both support Fulham. Yep. They adore Kitty and the cottages, and she fancies a Fulham win. Cottagers, almost. You almost were there, honey. Son of a bitch. <laughs> well, you know it what also I, means they're both very polite. You know, you know what I, I don't mess up? What? I don't mess up reminding people to always gamble legally and, you know, responsibly. Alberto won, Rob won, Sam won, Gecko won, Alan won big time. Gecko won, won, McConville won, and Ray won, which leaves Alan up top and Smokey in second. We'll revisit this a little bit more in detail next week because I'm really pissed off about my team. I just want a quick shout out. Uh, Taylor, go back to the tank where you belong. That's (laughs) where you belong. It's warm. It's comfortable. Don't 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 come at daddy. Just just go back to go back to where it's yeah. safe. Go no cock, zero safe. cash, no points today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's gonna about wrap it up. Sammy, any parting words? Uh, yeah, just quickly wanted to mention Jared Hollier, um, former Liverpool boss uh, who passed away uh, from um, complications to a heart procedure he had. Uh, just everybody knows him from his time. At, uh, Liverpool and Aston Villa and and some of the accolades he got with them. I did want to mention, though, uh, how important he was into developing uh, new players coming through. Uh, he took in uh, – he was the assistant manager of France from 1988 to 1992. Then after being an assistant uh, – the coach of France, I'm sorry, from 92 to 93, he was with the U18s and U20s from 94 to 97 until he went to Liverpool in 1998, stayed there until 2004. Uh, he actually uh, under European uh, under nineteen. I'm sorry, European <laughs> champions with France in 1996, and from 2012 until his death, uh, he was the head of global football for Red Bull. So he was responsible for Red Bull Salzburg, RB Leipzig, and New York Red Bulls, Red Bull Brazil, and the Red Bull Ghana Academy, which is now uh, dissolved. Um, and he was also the technical uh, technical director for women uh, Olympic Lyonnais uh, feminine in France. Oh wow! The best, the best women's 
football club in the world. Absolutely. However, he only joined them in November. So I don't know how much of an approach he had with them. How just seems he was open to the idea, which was a brilliant idea to be open to uh, as women's football continues to grow uh, and all of us continue to enjoy it. But just a true champion of the game, a man obsessed with football, just a, a, a fantastic individual, spoke five languages, I think it was, uh, uh, that I was reading. Just a, a, a wonderful guy and a brilliant mind. And rest in peace, my friend. Excellent. Well, hope you all enjoyed the extra show this week. Next up is Injury Time, where we preview the weekend's action. Sam, how does somebody check out Injury Time? Well, you get that right on www.patreon.com backslash D football show, um, where you can sign up to either two of the top tiers and get injury time, as well as potentially something else if you sign up to the big one, which is only nine bucks because ten's too fucking much. So you right all have is. a Sorry, wonderful Ross. evening. That's good night for me, and I'll see you. Till next week, everybody. Fucking new button.